Welcome to the Classic Holdup Podcast, where we analyze media from the past. Each episode features a different host that brings a fresh take on a film, TV show, video game, or music album of their choice. What can we discover? Do old favorites have a shelf life? Will the classics hold up? Hi, and welcome to this week of The Classic Hold Up. I'll be your host this week, Daniel James Isabella. I uh, am excited to take you all on a journey today with a piece of content that is near and dear to my heart. It uh, is something that I kind of grew up with. And um, yeah, I guess without too much further ado, let's hop into Pokemon Snap. So for those of you unfamiliar with the Pokemon franchise, uh, it's a series of games that uh, became very popular with the rise of the Nintendo systems, especially with uh, the Game Boy, um, but has pretty much spread its way onto every system that uh, Nintendo has ever created. Um, It has a variety of spin-offs and other games like that, one of which being Pokemon Snap. Uh, The original Pokemon games are focused on um, capturing and battling different Pokemon, or pocket monsters, which they were originally short for, but I don't even know if that's canonically true anymore. Um, But so Pokemon Snap takes this formula of a world full of these majestic creatures, which are mostly in the other games previous to it used for battling and things of that nature, and kind of inverts that. And it is all about uh, being a photographer on a track who has to uh, kind of collect pictures of natural beauty. Uh, To that kind of narrative, it might seem like a very simple game at first. Um, There are a variety of tracks you can go through that kind of have these preset animations of what the Pokemon are doing and where they are. But kind of as you progress through the game, you gain a couple of more abilities. You gain um, a ball that you can throw to put the Pokemon. Um, You gain an apple that you can throw that will have Pokemon move over near it in order to eat it. You gain a flute that will have different Pokemon play and have Pokemon react in different ways. Uh, And kind of using these kind of three base um, skills that you're given as you're moving through this track, you have no no control over your movement speed or your path. That's entirely like predetermined by the game. All you can do is you are in this spot, you can look around and you can use these three things to interact. And using these interactive points, um, you can kind of uh, Rube Goldberg-esque make different things happen, create interesting scenarios for these Pokemon, um, and unlock lots of hidden things. There are even hidden paths that if you do certain things in the right order, um, this predetermined path that it seems like is your only choice moving through this level can sometimes you can stray off into a secondary path or even be teleported to a completely different level than you were even uh, on in the first place. Um, Kind of one of the famous parts of the game, um, there was a rumor in a lot of earlier Pokemon games about being able to find Mew, who's a legendary Pokemon. Uh, If you don't know anything about the Pokemon franchise, they're like the ancestor of all Pokemon. They're a big deal. Um, 
And so it was a common uh, like schoolyard tale that like, oh, if you go and you find this truck and you push it, then there's a mew underneath and different things like that. Well, this game kind of took that idea and that spirit of, well, there's a secret passageway that you can take and you can do this and that and the other thing. And that is in the game where that was something when I was playing as a little kid that was really gratifying of I went online and I followed the guidebooks and I did all the little steps um, and I actually got to face off against the Pokemon. Um, so it it's a game that ne- didn't, doesn't necessarily seem... Uh, <laughs> doesn't necessarily seem complicated but definitely has a a lot built into it and a lot of love for something that is a spin-off to a major franchise Pokemon at this time was really starting to grow this is the same year that the Pokemon anime premiered in the US so it is really like blossoming and like ripe for people to just make cheap cash grab games which it was somewhat written off with I'll, I'll get into that when we talk more about content in the past but it's uh yeah it's definitely it's a deeper game with a lot more content and a lot more experiences to it um i'll talk a little bit about my personal experiences uh i got this game at a swap meet when i was i think five or six years old um the nintendo 64 which was mostly a console of the 90s um was my console growing up as a kid um, I don't know where my parents got it, but they had it before I was born. Um, I was, I've been told that the first time that I ever crawled, uh, I was crawling over to my cousin who was playing with the Nintendo 64 to try and take the controller away from him. So the console is near and dear to my heart and tied in with my childhood in a lot of ways. Um, and around that time, I was also getting very into Pokemon and I especially older Pokemon properties. I liked the first generation. I liked the, the like very beginnings of what Pokemon was. And Pokemon Snap to me at that time was really like this perfect coming together of all these things that I loved. Like it wasn't um, excessive. It wasn't crazy. It wasn't on a base level. It wasn't too difficult. So as like a six year old, I could get into it. But I was also, I was so obsessed with Pokemon that I could put the time into it. I could learn all the secrets. I could learn all the different paths. And I got pretty good uh, for someone who, uh, as the guest I'll be bringing in in a second, will no doubt tell you, I'm pretty bad at video games. And I managed to get pretty good at Pokemon Snap despite the intricacies of it. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my perspective coming into it. Um I will also bring in now that Pokemon Snap has been remade recently. I'll be talking about that a little bit more later in the form of new Pokemon Snap, which, great name, um, really distinguishes it from its predecessor. But about a little over 20 years later, uh, just this past year in 2020, so 22 years later, uh, they made a second second entrant in the Pokemon Snap franchise with new Pokemon Snap, uh, which I have been playing a bit of over this past year. Um, I don't spend as much time on video games as I did as a child. I wish I did. But it's a lot of fun. It captures a lot of the spirit of the game and brings tons more generations of Pokemon into the fold. So it's not just the first generation like it is in Pokemon Snap, but all across the decades of 
creations that Pokemon has come up with are all in new Pokemon Snap. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with my guest. All right, we are back in the studio now with my guest, Derek Abbott. Hello, Derek. Hey, Daniel. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Uh, you are not necessarily uh, in this building much. You want to introduce the audience to who you are? Yeah, so uh, my name is Derek. I'm a physics major here at uh, Michigan State. I've uh, known Daniel for about 10 years now. That sounds right. Met you in fifth grade. Um, uh, and how the time flies. Yeah, it really has. Um but yeah, so uh, I, I guess I'd consider myself somewhat of an expert on Pokemon. I've been playing the series for well over a decade now. Um, I've played multiple of the spinoffs. I've played every generation of Pokemon at this point. And uh, it might be worth mentioning that there's a, a competitive format in the main series games that I have participated in for about the past four years, since 2017. Um so that may make me uh, a bit more of a knowledgeable in the series than the average fan. A bit of a Pokemon expert, if you will. But, if you will. But despite that, um, you've never played Pokemon Snap. I have not, and I've not played the new one either. I've played nothing in the series. What a shame. It's it's a fantastic game, and uh, hopefully after today's podcast, you will go back. And I know there are, uh, that's a nasty word in the video game business, but emulators uh, which i'm not going to encourage anyone to use but i'm just going to say they do exist mm -hmm. um if you wanted to go back and play some old nintendo 64 games on a laptop maybe because you're uh procrastinating doing your podcasting assignment <laughs> and you say hey i just want to play pokemon snap so bad i'm so i'm so heart sad um heart sad that's heart a thing sad. those are some words that just came out of my mouth it's a feeling you know yeah well Thank you so much for being here, Derek. It's great to be here. Um, to get started, I want to talk a little bit about how uh, Pokemon Snap was kind of viewed on its release. And kind of as a Pokemon fan, you can give some insight to like what people, what might have been going through people's heads, stuff like that, and we'll just kind of carry through. Um, so uh, when Pokemon Snap first came out in uh, March of 1999, um, it received pretty positive reviews. Uh, mm -hmm. For the first several months that it was on the market, it was the number four selling and renting game for a while for the Nintendo 64. That's actually really impressive. Yeah. For like a spinoff title, that's that's good. Um, and one of the things that really um, put it over the edge in that remark was uh, something that they had in a lot of game stores, blockbusters, things like that. They had a... Uh, machine where you could bring in your game cartridge to the store where you had either rented or purchased uh, Pokemon Snap. You could plug your game cartridge in and you could print off pictures that you had taken in the game. Oh, that's actually really cool. On small... I have no idea. Yeah. I believe they were like Polaroid style pictures. They weren't actually Polaroids because they mm -hmm. were digital. But um, yeah, so that was a huge kind of p point in the game. Um, 
as everyone likes to say about Nintendo, they love a gimmick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the game isn't natively developed by Nintendo. It was developed by HAL Laboratory, which is the frequent collaborator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know a couple of the yeah, games. Yeah, creators Kirby. of Kirby. That's the yeah. big one I know him from. Yeah. Um, so they're definitely a major player in the both video game world and the mm-hmm. Nintendo world. Um, and so that's kind of why they ended up with the intellectual property rights to work on Pokemon Snap. Um, yeah, so um, it a lot of people came out and said it was just kind of like a money grab when it was first released. A lot I, of I like, could see people thinking that a Pokemon photography game, you know. Yeah, like it's it sounds like it's a very simple concept. Um, it sounds like oh well, we had this other game and we wanted to just like make it Pokemon, which was initially part of its development. It started as a Jack and the Beanstalk game. Um, and then eventually became means. Pokemon. I have no idea either. Um, information I found on that has been very vague. <laughs> but uh, several sources say that it in Pokemon Snap's development, it started as a Jack and the Beanstalk. So I guess maybe you it's were... Like the fairy tale? Yeah. Traveling down the Beanstalk as opposed to traveling along a... Taking pictures of, like the gold eggling goose and like the giant or something? I don't even know if uh, photography was a portion of I... it. <laughs> It might not have. It might not have been. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But yeah, so that is a lot of where this this kind of idea came from that, Mm. oh, this is just a cash grab. But a lot of people who like, I think, I don't know, I talked a little bit about how like there are a lot of complexities and there are a lot of things that you wouldn't necessarily see. Like you could get through the whole game and all those things I talked about of like secret passageways and like unique events that you can trigger you could miss all of them mm-hmm. if you're not actively engaging with the game and paying attention, um, which it helped that I was a six-year-old with nothing better to do. But yeah, I think that that kind of contributed a lot to people's like thoughts on it. But people who did like people who did uh, interact with the game on a deeper level thought it was it was unique, it was fun, um, addictive, and I think that definitely the the physical aspect of being able to print out those pictures was, it was a great gimmick. I think that adds a lot for a kid too. Yeah. You know, I'd, like you can actually physically see some of the stuff you did in that game. It like brings what you've done in the video game back to the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, and like how many other games were doing that at the time? At the time? Absolutely. I Just none. Pretty much. Um, I don't know of any other examples in 1999 that were uh, offering... I imagine that in game like now like you can go on your xbox and take a screenshot and then send that to your laptop and print it out but like that's not sam back then connecting the internet to a console unheard of well i mean the internet the internet barely existed it was (laughs) dial-up there's no way that you could connect it to a console yeah i bet there was a way you think so i mean uh, 1999 to I, I, not a Nintendo 64 but probably one of them I mean that was at least what 6-5 years out till you had online multiplayer yeah we I'm were away sure. from that so I mean that would have been well before that I think so that's a little bit at its reception it got kind of mixed reviews but mostly positive um, it was really commercially successful at its release and so how the content's viewed now I want to kind of dive into, I'm going to take a little bit of a tangent. Um, New Pokemon Snap very recently released, so that is very much part of the present. 
Um, but what is close enough to now that I'm going to consider it the present is Pokemon Go, mm. which even if you barely know about Pokemon, I'm going to take a wild stab that you heard about uh, over the past what five years since the tor- summer of 20, 2016, 2016 yeah. when it released and was a massive, massive, massive success. National phenomenon. Yeah, the international phenomenon. It, actually, you, you're completely right. I, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't out of the country to experience <laughs> that, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've never seen something mobilize people just for the sake of mobilization, <laughs> just get outside and move around and just go into their community and explore. Uh, I've never seen a game do that before, like and- Pokemon Go did. So you may be asking, uh, dear listener at home, why am I bringing up Pokemon Go in my Pokemon Snap little podcast segment here? Well, a lot of people say, and especially when Pokemon Go came out, and it was kind of my feeling when it came out being someone who played the original Pokemon Snap, um, that Pokemon Go is in a lot of ways a spiritual successor to a lot of the things that Pokemon Snap was doing. Um, Obviously, it now has its very literal successor but pokemon go took the concept of it's not about um these big battles or this like role-playing game um it's about going out capturing moments you could go go capture pokemon and pokemon go in a different way but especially the augmented reality concept of being able to go out point your phone at the ground and see a pokemon there like i feel like in a lot of ways that was the modern day being able to go to the store and print out the picture you took of the Pokemon. I, you're actually completely right. Because who even prints out photos anymore? I mean, it, everything that I have that I value in terms of a photo is on my phone now. Absolutely. And I have I have screenshots from playing Pokemon Go with my friends that summer of, uh, you know, like just having like a Pidgey or something just on my friend's chest, you know. Absolutely. Just... And the, the funny moments like that and the like the interactivity and the messing with what's supposed to happen in a lot of ways to me felt extremely reminiscent of what i had experienced as a small child with pokemon snap and what Mm -hmm. i a lot of people just a few years older than me got when it was released um so i feel like pokemon snap's legacy carries on beyond its own franchise in a lot of ways because of that absolutely agree with that i've always heard of pokemon snap as a, a bit of a cult classic it's always had a super positive reception by uh, a certain demographic within the Pokemon community. Um, and I had never gotten the chance to play it. I, this is kind of convincing me to play the new one on the switch. Um, it's a lot of fun. It sounds like it, it sounds relaxing that, and um, that is a great segue to talking about how it's going now Okay. Um, with the new Pokemon snap, which I have been playing, mm-hmm. um, is it is in a lot of ways. It's not the same game. It's not just the same game again, mm-hmm. but it takes all the great parts of you are on a track, you can't control your motion, and you are sitting there calm, taking pictures. Um, you can interact with your environment in different and exciting ways. It adds, so while, while the original Pokemon Snap had like three ways you could interact, and you had to unlock those slowly throughout the game, uh, new Pokemon Snap, you start out with several ways to interact with your surroundings. And there are a lot clearer points of, all right, these are ways you can interact in this way, but also there are still those hidden mysteries. Mm -hmm. There is still all of that deep connectivity of the world. Um, 
and I haven't gotten deep enough into it to discover if there are like side paths, but I sure hope there are. I'm, I'm sure there's at least a few. Yeah. Uh, but there are still like new items that you can get to help interact. So Absolutely. There's still like progression in the game, but some nice quality of life improvements. Yeah, there's quality of life improvements and there's, there's just overall more content than okay. we got in the original Pokemon That's Snap. I, I've seen some trailers of that game and in terms of graphics, I mean, it looks beautiful, especially yeah. for something on the Switch, which isn't necessarily the most powerful gaming hardware that they have now uh, nowadays but um i mean i think it looks great and in terms of how it, uh the old pokemon snap would hold up in comparison i actually think it has a, a certain amount of charm to it don't you yeah absolutely uh, the old pokemon snap definitely those original like polygon models and like how they interact with their like environments and they sometimes glitch out but for the most part, are pretty clean. I mean, I I can pull up here. I've got some screen grabs from people's playthroughs of Pokemon Snap, but like that Nintendo sixty four Pikachu look. I don't. To me, yeah, it's charming. I mean, yeah, there's nothing like it. Yeah, it's like watching the original Toy Story like for a second time. You know. Yeah, it's like you could look at like the new uh, Buzz Lightyear designs, yeah. or you could look at like that those original like. I don't know, there, there's definitely a very sweet element to like, like how that makes you feel. A certain character that uh, you can only get from the late 90s, early 2000s CGI. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, I. it's funny you mentioned Toy Story. This is around the same time. Uh, well, release. I mean, Toy Story is the first ever animated like featured film, right? Uh, computer, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, oh, I suppose I shouldn't say animated. But no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With computers. Computer animated, but... Um, but yeah, it was around the same year, and I mean, it, this is stuff being rendered live in real time, and seeing how that mm-hmm. holds up comparatively on a nostalgia level is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I um, mean, I'd say I'd argue it holds up better than the actual uh, Pokemon games, like the first generation of them. Oh, absolutely! Because they have some strange uh, character design in that game. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um kind of leading our conversation back to the future of how people might look at Pokemon Snap uh, I think uh, one of the things that is really important is I think that with new Pokemon Snap that franchise even if it's very rarely will continue to see love Mm -hmm. Um, because new Pokemon Snap has also done very well the first Pokemon Snap did very well Um, if from nothing else from a monetary perspective they'll keep making them but also yeah, they're like they're sweet games. They are good for bringing in new fans. They are just heartwarming for the people who care about them. I know that big companies don't often care about that kind of thing. Yeah, but, it, but it's a it's a good spin-off to a super popular franchise that I think fans just love. Like I've never heard anyone hate Pokemon Snap. I I've really only ever heard good things about it. And they have other spinoffs that just weren't very successful. They never really got... Pokemon Puzzle Yeah. <laughs> they never got updates or, you know, uh, successors uh, to them. You know, all that Twitter response for a new Pokemon Puzzle League in 2022. Let's get it trending. <laughs> Let's get it trending. It sounds like a great idea. But uh, no, I mean, Pokemon Snap absolutely seems like a, a side game that they should stick to... Um, and and you're right and not super frequently necessarily, but I mean every once in a while to keep the fans sati- satiated, you know. Yeah. 
And I think with its kind of inspirational element to Pokemon Go in a lot of ways, um, and I think I am not the first person to say that. I have I see this elsewhere and read about it. Oh, and I've like, definitely heard other people draw the comparison. Yeah. Um, I feel like in the future of augmented reality gaming um, and like kind of things that will take, like I said to you earlier on the ride here, um, mm -hmm. and I, I think that kind of works really well, is Pokemon Go was like the pong of augmented reality gaming. Like it was the first mm -hmm. big thing we ever had in that genre. I mean, so the the code itself you know how pokemon go has all those like stops and stuff yeah uh that itself was i believe taken from a different mobile game that i don't think saw nearly as much success yeah. as pokemon go but i mean in, in terms of success i mean there's nothing else has cracked pokemon go's level of success absolutely i mean it, i think it's already generated like billions of dollars uh worldwide and um it's interesting because obviously like augmented reality games are marketable like they they definitely could see competitors you would think but i mean pokemon's kind of had a history for having these niche genres monopolized by them i mean the 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 original pokemon format of like capturing monsters and battling using them no one i mean people have tried to kind of capture that success and no one's been able to pokemon's had a stranglehold on that format so i am personally interested to see if uh there will be another successful ar game i think after long enough a different intellectual property might take that on i i agree something harry that's like potter has one that's going right now that is moderately successful that actually would be one that i could see totally like being cool and like yeah. actually investing some time into um but i think as that as that subset of video games and technology continues to grow, I think that uh, they will keep owing a bit of their heritage to Pokemon Snap, and I don't think yeah, that I that will agree. be forgotten. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Pokemon Go is really like what kicked off that whole genre of games, and Pokemon Snap, I think, large like really was the predecessor to Pokemon Go. I don't think they could have. I don't think they would have thought to make Pokemon Go without Pokemon Snap first. So that's how I think it'll be viewed in the future. We're going to take a break here real quick, and we'll hear from you in a minute. My name is Kaylee. My name is Parker. My name is Andrew Justice. When I complete my degree, I want to be a documentary filmmaker. I want to work in broadcasting. I want to work as an editor or somewhere in audio production. My name is Kaylee. My name is Parker. My name is Andrew Justice. And, and I, I am Calm ComArtSci. Start your journey at comartsci.msu.edu. All right, we are back here in the studio with Daniel Isabella and Derek Abbott. Glad to be here as always. Um, and we're back to discussing if uh, Pokemon Snap holds up. So we've kind of got a little bit of a, I guess, this is the debate section of the podcast, but we seem to be in a bit Fair of agreement. Enough. So, uh, I mean, so so in terms of the gameplay itself and the the way that the game looks and stuff, I mean, we're discussing a game that's twenty years old or something. I mean, Pokemon itself is twenty five, almost years old. Uh, twenty two years old. Yeah, I mean, that's older than either of us. Yeah. Um, and I mean, trying to compare how we look now compared to how we look, you know, twenty two years ago. 
Uh, well, we didn't exist, so yeah, that would be tough. I mean, that would be. Di- <laughs> I mean, we probably did, just not in any kind of. That's an ethical a, debate that we don't need to get into in our video sense. game podcast. That, you know, that's, that's a great <laughs> decision, I think, to skip on that. Um, uh, we're going to avoid that. Um, but, I mean, in terms of like how you would compare the way that Pokemon Snap looks to new Pokemon Snap, oh, I absolutely. think uh, there's no contest there. But I, I would argue more so for like the spirit of Pokemon Snap. I think that that holds up super well. I think it's like the spirit of gaming and like just how fun and relaxing a game can be. Well, I think, and this is something I didn't really touch on earlier, but the concept of like a light rails shooter or like that very arcade style of Mm -hmm. like, you're not moving your character, like uh, Time Crisis and those types of games, which and like the the Jurassic Park arcade games where you have a little gun and your character is being moved around. I think Pokemon Snap is the like evolution of in a lot of ways and a way more child friendly version. And when was the last time you saw like an on rail shooter game be released? I it, it Oh, absolutely. The, the genre is pretty much completely dead versus Pokemon Snap actually gets an update recently, you know. So yeah. I mean, I think that's proof that that is a much more successful formula for a game. Absolutely. Uh, than an Unreal shooter, because other shooter games have dominated the video game uh, mind sets. Oh, or, boy. Uh, we recently. could do a whole other podcast about... <laughs> Absolutely. A Fortnite, <laughs> you know, oh, like, alone. I mean... Fortnite alone. We could, it could be its own podcast. It could be I'm sure it is. Halo. I'm... I mean, Halo just got another game, but... Uh, How is that? Have you played it? I've not yet. I'm waiting okay. until win- uh, winter break. That's completely off topic, but, yeah, you know... Yeah, But, I mean, you know, in terms of uh, other in terms video of games, video, other video games that exist... 20 years, you know... Yeah. It's interesting to see how something like Pokemon Snap, I think, being tied to the greater intellectual property of Pokemon, which mm-hmm. sees updates very frequently, keeps it kind of in the cultural memory. Um, mm-hmm. That's true. But, if Pokemon had just kind of died down and been a fad of the late 90s, then, you know, people probably wouldn't still talk about Pokemon Snap the way that they do now, you know? Yeah. So I think it, it definitely owes a lot of its, like, its gameplay in itself is not necessarily its pure, like, merit. It is also, it's the, tied to this larger, larger universe. But as a part of that universe of games, like, it stands out. It is mm-hmm. kind of, I mean, regarding, disregarding its sequels and Pokemon Go, like, like I would say those three as a franchise are the only things of their kind, even within Pokemon's intellectual property and kind of within larger gaming as a general, this kind of, um, this version of the on-rail shooter game that is very pacifist, that is more puzzle-based. Yeah, and I, I think that's a much more charming formula, too. Absolutely. I mean, like, it, it's a game that anyone of any age can play and enjoy, you know? Um, it's a And it's a formula I'd like to see like explored developed explored more, more yeah. in the indie circuit now that i'm sitting here talking about it yeah and uh something that maybe focused even more on like just the graphical yeah component of gaming because you know you could get some really fantastic screenshots and and it all being a predetermined path i imagine makes it a little easier for a computer to generate different areas uh that l- are very high quality graphically a little easier yeah um 
And so, so something on a computer or the recently released consoles, I think could be a whole step above the things that we even see in like Pokemon snap, but uh, new, new Pokemon snap. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, that would be super interesting, but I, I don't know if there's a series that quite captures the same charm as having Pokemon. Absolutely. Because I mean, if I wanted to go see a squirrel uh, on a tree, <laughs> I, I suppose I could just go outside, you know? Yeah, but the, of them the magic of Pokemon Snap is you can't just go out and see a Pokemon, but here no, you, you kind of can. Mm-hmm. It gives you that feeling that you are stepping outside and taking pictures of these amazing things, as does Pokemon Go, and mm-hmm. new Pokemon Snap really gives that, like, it, I mean, we've talked about, it really ups the visual component, anyone listening at home, if mm-hmm. you are, you've gotten this far in the podcast that you're interested in Pokemon, a new Pokemon Snap, take a look at the, like, how beautiful the graphics are in new Pokemon it's, Snap. It's actually, because it, it uh, is created at roughly the same time as the most recent Pokemon games, right? Yeah. And it's on the same hardware so it has the same limitations you would think but it actually is considerably better looking than the actual pokemon games themselves um and i mean that's probably due to the on rails nature of the game uh so like i said like because it is very predictable for the computer it generates something that you know it doesn't have to change based on the player's input but um or at least necessarily doesn't have to change as much i should say but uh, that, I think, is like a testament to like how cool that these games can be is that, you know, a, a different, you know, they're developed by a different studio and with an IP that doesn't belong to that studio and they are still able to make something that looks amazing and is super fun to play. Um, and it would be cool to see it tried with a IP that isn't Pokemon, but I do understand that Pokemon adds a lot to the brand of these games, you know? You know something I just thought of? Um, I am an amusement park nut. We've had this discussion several times. Mm-hmm. Love amusement parks. They're currently building um, at uh, Universal mm-hmm. Studios Florida. Um, they're building a new, uh, a whole new park, which will include a Nintendo section. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Oh, yeah. We oh, can I discuss that in further detail later. Oh, okay. But um, they're doing a lot of stuff that you would find very cool. But I think it would be really amazing if they did a Pokemon Snap-inspired ride. I think that has a lot of potential. I actually would completely agree, especially as a, a ride maybe for, like, children, because it could be a very, like, slow ride, mm-hmm. kind of focused on just, like, seeing different things around that area. You know, I mean, it's Florida, so it's beautiful. I mean, um, with some of the technology they've implemented in other rides, like Men in Black, where there's, like, mm-hmm. that game, op- that ride operates like you're on an participating in an on-rails shooter you have mm-hmm. like oh uh, yeah i love that ride it's yeah. super fun like implementing some of that technology to maybe allow you to take the pictures and then get them printed at the end of the ride the pictures you've taken um that could be hey universal orlando if you're listening uh, <laughs> Hire use that idea send me a check uh, uh, i mean but if, if anyone's likely to be able to pull that off you would think it would be universal because yeah. they've they've had a ton of rides that are kind of the almost a uh, ride kind of simulated ride where it's just you're sitting in something that's moving and it's showing something in front of you uh that and a lot of those are like really movement. amazing yeah like the simpsons one is super fun simpsons you know? one is one the spider-man ride mm-hmm. the practical effects in that one the fire that is used yeah that's like a ton of fun yeah. uh to go on 
they've perfected the dark ride in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it was called the dark ride. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds like really I said, cool. park nut. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I feel like that is about all the time we have for today. Okay. Um, we've got a little bit more. I'd like to, we got to make a decision here. Uh, does it hold up? What's our verdict? Uh, I would be inclined to vote yes, it does. And I, I would say a, so as well. I think it's had a very positive impact on the gaming community as a whole. I think that Pokemon Snap has done a lot of really amazing things for the gaming community. I think it will be remembered well. It holds up now I and it will continue, continue to. I to see its influence. Yeah. You know? Um, it, I think it was, in a lot of ways, it was a major, had a major effect on the industry as a whole. Um, kind of a butterfly effect. Yeah. Too. I mean, not, not even something that you would... At the time when it a was a butterfree effect. <laughs> that's a Pokemon. That that's a Pokemon joke. Uh, there's got to be one, right? Yeah, there's we had to make pun. one Pokemon pun. Yeah, but uh, I I think you wouldn't have expected when the game released to have any kind of butterfly effect, let alone one that leads to something so successful as something like Pokemon Go. Yeah. Um. So that's like pretty cool to look back on that. All right. Well. Real quick, thank you so much, Derek, for being in studio today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Daniel. This was a really cool experience. Absolutely. I would like to give a big thank you to uh, our podcasting professor, John Whiting, and the entire class in Digital Storytelling 343 Podcasting. Um, And I would like to give a shout-out to all of the listeners at home. Thank you so much for listening. If you are interested, we will be having more episodes of this podcast, so we can't wait for you guys to be able to listen to everything and experience everything that's going on. So thank you everyone so much for listening to Derek and I talk about Pokemon for a little over half an hour. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. Find the classic holdup on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us at Audio Video Land for updates, teasers, and behind-the-scenes content of all Audio Video Land productions. The Classic Holdup is an Audio Video Land production by digital storytelling students of Michigan State University in collaboration with Impact 89FM.